Welcome back to Radio Islam International. Mufti Yusuf Musaji speaking there in the background. Let's put him on the mic itself. Mufti Saad, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Saad, we've covered a number of conferences. Um, this is now the third or fourth conference that we are covering. And the thing is that this one is seems to be a very quiet mood, a very lull mood in the atmosphere as things are taking a very slow turn. Uh, a six-hour delay with things getting going. Uh, so many of the delegates not yet processed and accredited with election looming and imminent at 6 p.m. What's your take on all of this, given the fact that we've covered a number of conferences and the atmosphere that you see now? I think everybody's on their guard, you know. Everybody's trying to be extra cautious, not to let anything out beforehand. And that is why we find that you know, when they're locked in these conferences, I think they lock the door. And uh, there's nothing that comes out until they actually have a press briefing or they come out for lunch and that. So that is what is happening now. Uh, the, you know, the state of the organization, the report that was given earlier today by David Mabuza. Uh, and um, things, you sort of, as we said, you know, people are on their guard on how they... Uh, speaking out and giving the comments at this point, and that is something that we've picked up at this point. Uh, other than that, everything seems to be pretty much like, you know, the other conferences. Uh, you know, the media center, uh, it has a similar type of a vibe to it. Journalists are moving on and coming more. You know, in some ways, we feel like we've aged in the media industry, that many of the journalists who were here before, you know, familiar names, they're no longer around. There's new journalists, so... In some ways, uh, we've become the veterans of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, interesting. This up, so let's talk about the elections. We've got 6 p.m. where the delegates will go in to cast their ballots. It's a secret vote. We've got 4,700 plus delegates. Uh, how many actually have been processed? That's, that remains unclear at this stage. But let's go with the scenario. What are we looking at? Let the top six position, we're well, talking about top seven also. What are the positions that we are looking at? Who are the contenders uh, from the two factions? And how is this all playing out? A lot of horse trading taking place. Let's talk about it, Mr. Sap. Yes, let's start with the first position, which is obviously the position of the ANC presidency. Now, here we have two possible candidates. One is obviously the current president, Ramaphosa, who we know is entangled in allegations of money laundering, uh, undermining the rule of the law, kidnapping. And this all goes back to the revelations that Arthur Fraser had made when he laid the criminal charges against the president and his head of security, General Wally Road. And this all goes back to June. So that is the one candidate. And very interestingly, Mufti, the one newspaper article put it as, uh, is it the pala pala bull or is it the digital vibe? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, so that is really what it is all about. On the other hand, you have Zuelim Kize, uh, who was the former health minister. Uh, you know, he's, uh, there's a cloud hanging over his head, talking of clouds with all the different thunderstorms that we have these days. Mm. And uh, uh, during a presentation to the Standing Committee on Public Accounts in October, uh, the Special Investigative Unit Head Advocate Andy Motebe said that despite Mkhize's resignation, he could be criminally charged mm. for his role in awarding of the Digital Vibes Communication contract. And uh, we know that with regards to him, in 2009, he awarded a 150 million contract to Digital Vibes, a company that he is 
allegedly linked to hmm. and he's being accused of reportedly uh, pressurizing officials to appoint the company uh, the department initially contracted digital vibes to the national health insurance campaign in 2019 and when mkizi reportedly uh, you know pressurized officials eventually the contract went in that direction so he maintains his innocence so this is the first position that we have this is for the president given the fact that uh, the history of the ANC is up um, many of its presidents have been recalled before the expiry of the term we had Mbeki we had Jacob Zuma and now uh, well we could have seen that happen with uh, Cyril Ramaphosa but he he managed to survive the ex there but the question is that even if he secures a second term uh, what are the possibilities of him being recalled by the party and the same would go for Zulim Kizer also that he could be recalled before the term actually uh, ends so it's it's sort of a new phenomenon to the ANC politics uh, probably they just playing for time to see how they can manage the period between now and the 2024 elections must say yeah you know it's uh, either one of them come in to the position they are in a very very compromised position you know you need someone at the helm of the party who has authority who has clout uh, who will be able to you know be strong on corruption we have the issue of corruption we have the issue of cadre deployment we have the issue of you know incompetent people getting the position and not doing the work and we need people that will be strong who will crack the work from the top and if any of the two whoever it is they are compromised in that way uh, and they won't be able to take that strong stance that is needed mm. and that is the unfortunate situation that we find ourselves in let's Even move though, on to the oh, yes okay. no that's fine let's move on to the next position of the sub yes so the next position is the ANC deputy president uh, yeah you have three people contending for this mm. the one is paul machetile uh, you know he's been nominated for this uh, there's also allegations of wrongdoing against him Uh, he reigned as human settlement MEC. Uh, the Gauteng government was accused of squandering 1,3 billion rand meant to improve Alexandra, which mm. we know is one of the poorest townships in South Africa, most densely populated communities. Uh, you know, the flooding, it affected them. Uh, and the money was meant to fix up Alexandra. It's the Alexandra renewal project. Uh, what happened to the money? <laughs> That's a mystery. Mm. What happened to the money? He's saying that there wasn't actually money that was allocated uh you know that uh, it was supposed to come from different provincial dub- governments departments and it never came through uh, he's also filed a 2 million rand lawsuit against EFF leader Julius Valema and the EFF uh and then EFF Gauteng leadership uh, Mandise Masongo for defamation of character so that is the one person we have mm-hmm. Paul Mashatile the second one we have is uh now the current justice minister Ronald Lamola and uh, he's embroiled in allegations of fraud over a 2 million rand road accident claim to the fund road accident fund and uh, this was contained in three forensic reports compiled by a high profile attorney commissioned by the national lotteries commission to investigate the issue uh, lamola was also directing a law firm uh, ndobele lamola but he resigned and reports found that documents submitted by the law firm were allegedly filed with forged uh, documents with the financial statements attached made no sense so this is the second person that we have running for the deputy position then the third we have is uh, Oscar Obanyane the other candidate and uh, he was in hot water after the public protectors report in 2021 
by Busisiu and Kobani, released in October 2021, showed how political leaders in the Eastern Cape unduly benefited from the memorial service of Winnie Marikazela Mandela. So it goes back to then, you know, Mboyani and the ANC provincial treasurer were found to have unduly benefited from that fund. The report found that 450,000 pocketed by Mboyani was used to renovate his home. So, you know, that is the situation. The three that we've spoken about, we've got Paul Machetile, uh, we got Ronald Namola, and we got Oscar Mboyani. So if you look at it, then uh, Paul Machetile is from the opposition camp. Well, maybe from the anti the Ramaphosa camp. Ronald Lamola and Oscar, they are both from the Ramaphosa camp. And uh, looking at Ronald Lamola, uh, well, he's fairly young compared to the others. Also brings into question Mufti Saab that uh, should the old guard make uh, way for the new, uh, you know, and the fresh blood, the younger generation to lead the party. So it's an interesting question. So far, no presence of a female contender. And quite interesting for the ANC as the party moved this up. Yes, and I, I remember, do you remember that uh, at Sona, we had Ronald Lamola yes. at our studio and we chatted to him. Molana Suleiman gave him quite a grilling and asked him about some issues. Uh, he, you know, him and Julius Malema had mm. some tit for tat at that time and whether he regretted it or not. So, uh, he's familiar with uh, the Radio Islam brand. See, if he comes in, uh, you know, we'll, we may get an interview with the president, or deputy president. So now the, the next position that we have is the ANC chairperson contender. Hmm. And here you have Stanley Matabata and received 1,492 branch nominations as in his pole position to become the national chairperson if uh, nods from the ANC structures are anything to go by, found himself in hot water also. And this was after uh, the court criticized him for showing favoritism. And this was, uh, you know, after he demonstrated a bias towards the relatives of the ANC comrade MP Joseph Masingwanya when he recognized them as a traditional community and issued a certificate to him as a senior traditional leader. And then the Polakwane High Court judge Gerrit Muller issued an order setting aside Matabata's decision to recognize uh, the traditional community uh, as a senior traditional leader. So Matabata allegedly went ahead and issued a certificate of recognition for Masinguenia. Uh, so that is the one person contender for this. Then the other is the incumbent to the position, none other than Gwede Mantash. He's also in the, you know, contending for chairperson of the party. And uh, Gwede Mantash got his own issues at hand. 2019, he admitted, uh, you know, when he was, uh, you know, the head of security, Muzoko Nyaka, took members of the media on a tour of his Boxburg home. Uh, that infamous company, Bosasa, had installed CCTV cameras and perimeter lights at Mantasha's three homes. The State Capture Commission found that Mantasha should be probed for corruption after it alleged that he received the security installations without a charge. So Mantasha is taking the report on review. So that is the second person that we have and the third one is David Masondo, uh, who is also in the running for the ANC's national chairperson position. Uh, he stands accused of uh, using his influence and state resources to settle a personal score with an ex-mistress for having her uh, arrested by the Hawks for extortion. And uh, he's saying now that she wanted to kill him and was uh, threatening to assassinate his children, and that's why he was uh, at, uh, you know, at risk. So, well, you know, the first two for the running of the President, Deputy President, and now Chairperson, there's an issue with each one, all that we've discussed so far. 
there's an issue with every one of them hanging over their heads. But that, that's not a problem in the ANC, you see. So it just depends how thick are you in the things and how much uh, of it will be an issue for the country. If um, if you look at all these contenders from the beginning right till the end, you have not listed a person with a clean slate. It's all about using, you know, something from the past to weaponize and, and, and use it against you whenever you are contending for a key position. So Mufti Sab is basically when you are, when you are running for any position, you have to ask yourself, what skeletons do I have in my closet that I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, that I'm guarding with my life and I'm hoping that it never sees uh, the day of light. Yeah, it seems as though, you know, as they say, that everybody has some something behind them. So we move on to the next position, which is the ANC Secretary General. And yeah, you have uh, ANC, you have Mdumiseni Mtuli. Who's standing the first, you know, for this? And uh, that's uh, what regards to Mdumiseni in Tuli, there's no known scandals plaguing his political career. He's a former ANC KwaZulu-Natal provincial secretary. Uh, so he, that is one particular person that has a clean slate so far. Uh, following him sharply, you have Pumelo Masilele, the former premier of the Eastern Cape, uh, served as MEC for finance in 2013 when. Lo and behold, 300 million intended to finance the funeral of former President Nelson Mandela was most appropriate. And this is according to the public public protector's report. The report found that 250,000 had been deposited into his personal bank account uh, during this time. Then another contender for the ANC Secretary General position is the glitzy glamorous Fikile Mbalula, who has, uh, you know, been come the... uh, Symbol of the entertainment. He's a political shapeshifter graduating from the NC Youth League. Uh, in 2018, Balula was found by Mkobane to have benefited from a 680,000 holiday to Dubai, paid for a company who supplied his department. And the public protected asked authorities to investigate Balula. Uh, for, uh, so that is the, the, the next person that we have there. Then there are two women nominations for EPS ANC Deputy Secretary General position. Pebe Porchiter, who has no known scandals, works as the ANC headquarters overseeing the day-to-day running of the party. She had to contend with the suspension of former ANC spokesperson Carl Nies and ANC's inability to pay the staff salaries. And then also we have the infamous Nomvolo Mokonyane, who leads the Deputy Secretary General position with the highest nomination as a scandal recorded that spans her time in serving the provincial and national government. And the focus here is, you know, the recent corruption. Her most notable political image has been her implication in the Zondo Commission. She was found to have benefited uh, from that relationship with Bosasa. Uh, there was, you know, the bags that were given with money, 50,000 rand a month, all of that. While serving as the Minister of Water and Sanitation, Kunyana was also embroiled in a scandal that found she had forced through a war on leaks campaign, 3 billion rand, is it? That had suddenly didn't do its job. That's why we're having all the problems. Also implicated in the 2,6 million soap tender related to the Gauteng Department's COVID personal protective equipment. So, you know, that brings us to five positions that we've covered. There's just one more that remains, is the Treasury General nominees. Yes, uh, the key positions here is that who holds the keys to the Tuli House? Because essentially they run the party. 
And that's what the the horse trading is all about. Who must succeed? Who who must be in which position? Because if this guy is in that position, how will it benefit me? How will it benefit the party? How will it benefit my faction within the party? So it's a lot of horse trading taking place. Last The last conference we were here, Mufti Sahib, we were, there were talks of envelopes. I'm not sure this time what they're using. Maybe they're using EFTs or E-wallet. E-wallet or something. <laughs> so... These are key positions. Essentially, every province wants somebody up there so that they can secure something for themselves. Yeah, it's all about getting your man there. And uh, if you get your man there, you know, dot, 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 what's going to happen after that. So, Treasurer General nominees. Leading the pack here is Ramaphosa's political advisor, uh, Pajani Chauke. And Chauke previously uh, moved into the shadows of Ramaphosa's support. But uh, his name has featured regularly in recent months. Uh, you'll recall that uh, Fraser recently named Chauke as the man who may know about the Palapala criminal investigation. Uh, Fraser reported to have pointed to Chauke's frequent international trips as worthy of being criminally investigated by the Hawks. Chauke has denied that there was anything you know, to that. So he's one going for this position, which is the Treasurer General. Another person... ANC spokesperson Paul Pule Mabe is a second runner-up for the position. The Treasury General Mabe has had his fair share of corruption scandals dating back to his time as the Treasurer General of the ANC Youth League. In 2014, Mabe was arrested for fraud and corruption charges linked to allegations that he and associates had siphoned money from the South African National Securities um, Agency. He's also facing a probe by the SIU into a 27 million tender awarded by the Kruleni Municipality and Gauteng government to his company, Enviro Mobi. And Mabe's company was uh, contracted to supply 200 portable, three-wheel motorized water collection vehicles. The vehicles were never delivered. Uh, so th- that is with regards to uh, Mabe. Then we also have Zwandile Masina, who currently serves as Ikruleni's regional chairperson of the NC, has recently been blamed for jeopardizing a possible coalition uh, arrangement between the AFF and the ANC. And he served as the mayor of Ikruleni from 2016 to 2021. So that's a wrap, you know, of all those who are the possible contenders for the position of uh, the various top positions in the ANC. Yes, uh, a wonderful breakdown there. Not The details not so wonderful, uh, but beautifully explained there in terms of what each one is facing in their, uh, in their personal lives there. So, Muftisab, we will be, inshallah, connecting with you after this uh, break. We are also reminding ourselves here and the people listening to us that we are coming to you live from the Nazareth Center. And we also welcome our listeners in KZN, in Peter Maritzburg, as well as in Durban, on Radio Al-Ansar. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. And uh, Durban also, mashallah, seeing a number of people, uh, you know, coming to the region and, um, you know, trying to book a holiday there. And alhamdulillah, things are still looking good for the Durban region. It's 4.30 Central African time.